Welcome to my Plant Medicine Journey podcast. This is your host, Daniel Rios, uh, and today I have the pleasure of uh, interviewing Alexandria, who uh, reached out through uh, my Plant Medicine Journey Instagram page, uh, and she's uh, uh, one of those brave soldiers that uh, wants to share her story and the benefits uh, uh, she's gained from uh, her, her use of uh, plant medicine. And we have some common friends as well, so uh, we haven't uh, taken too too much time to go deep deeper into her story, so I'm very excited to uh, take this opportunity to introduce her uh, and and share that story now. So, uh, Alexandria, welcome to my Plant Medicine Journey podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me to share my story and, and providing a, a safe and brave platform for for others and all of us to come together and talk about something that I think we're both so passionate about. My my pleasure, and and you know, there, this is um, for the past few uh, decades has been a a, a very uh, controversial uh, topic, and as uh, things evolve and and we learn as society, uh, the conversation is is beginning to change, and uh, for me, I'm currently hanging out in Oaxaca, Mexico. Uh, where I'm from and, and a lot of the, the, of, of how things got started in North America, um, with the use of mushrooms and plant medicine originated from here. So, uh, for me, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's, uh, to be having this conversation, um, as things evolve and, 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 and hear you. Uh, but I would love to, uh, understand like your why behind sharing. Uh, why do you consider this uh, uh, an important topic uh, for you to uh, tell your story? Yeah, um, I would say I would say probably back in 2017 is when my healing journey ultimately started. Um, a lot of things were going on in my life, and I had a lot of different modalities, different tools in the tool belt. Uh, meditation and journaling and talk therapy. And then it wasn't until 2020, you know, I think all of us had to go through a lot of transformations in 2020. And it's a lot of shadow work was revealed to me. And Mm -hmm. it was through the invitation of plant medicine that I was able to dig deeper into that shadow work and uncover areas that I needed to work through. And also it provided so much healing for me and so many other areas of my life that I wasn't expecting and, and it was beautiful. Gotcha. So uh, from my understanding, uh, 2017 was when you started your healing journey. Uh, 2020 was when you uh, set in your first ceremony, correct? Correct, yeah. And so uh, before you, you, you went uh, into your healing journey, um, what was uh, life like and, and what got you to uh, start doing things differently? I mean, I would say for myself, I've always been one that's wanted to try to grow and elevate as much as I can. I have this somewhat desire to master life and, and learn as many new things as I can. Um, and 
if I don't feel comfortable, if I, if I feel like I'm living a life that isn't true to myself, I just know that I have to make changes. And so that's ultimately what started in 2017 and just kind of kept growing and growing. And when the opportunity came up for me to dive into plant medicine, I, I just knew it was right for me. I knew that I had done a lot of work previously and that I could go into this knowing that, um, there was going to be a lot of healing for me. And I wasn't, I mean, perhaps there was a little bit of fear, but it was more of excitement and just openness. Gotcha. And, and, and growing up, um, were you, what was your relationship to, uh, this type of work? Uh, not much. Like we, I grew up in a household where, um, at the age of eight, my parents started taking me to church and our family would go and we were very, uh, heavily involved in the churches that we were a part of, um, came from a pretty religious background and it ultimately burned and hurt in a lot of areas for me. I went through a lot of traumatic experiences with the church and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't a good fit for me. That's not to, you know, advocate that it's a terrible place for others. You know, everybody finds their solace where they need to, but for me, it just wasn't serving me. Um, and so since then I've walked away and kind of continued down more the spiritual path, but growing up things like weed and other, you know, quote unquote drugs, you know, those were bad, those were dangerous and those were taboo and no, no, you didn't do that. And so, um, I felt very sheltered growing up, not really knowing about all the different types of medicine out there. And then as I got older and kind of educated myself and allowed myself to think my own thoughts and not society's thoughts, uh, that really kind of opened the door for me. And I would say it was probably several years ago that I uh, was listening to a podcast uh, with Tim Ferriss and he was kind of talking about his experience with plant medicine. And so I just felt, you know, um, that that could be a possible avenue or tool for me to incorporate. Gotcha. And how, how long ago uh, before your first ceremony um, did like take for you to like hear that and understand that like, Hey, there's a benefit to this. Um, and, and you know, how, how, what was that journey like? Um, and, and I'll share with you a little bit about me. I, I got yeah. into personal development and, uh, uh, same like you. I, I heard somebody talk about, uh, the benefits, uh, of, of it coming out of, uh, a business conference. And so I also heard about it in a business conference and, um, it, it just planted that seed and, and it, it was calling me. Uh, but it was really tough, uh, to have that conversation with my partner at the time. Um, like it almost caused like a breakup. Uh, or, or it, it was really, uh, stressful to, to, uh, share with people, like close people in my life, like this is an experience that I want to have, right? They thought, uh, everything that you mentioned about, uh, the drugs and, and, and what could happen to me. And, and they were, uh, they had a serious concern. And so for me, it took uh, a lot of conversations to, uh, enroll my partner and, and to, uh, have her support. Uh, in this experience and, um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was challenged to, to do that. 
And then for, for years, I, I was, uh, working in that space and it was, uh, uh a secret, uh, uh, for me on, until I started feeling more comfortable to sharing these types of conversations with others. Um, and, and yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. Uh, how, how was your, your journey into, uh, stepping into a journey? Uh, you know, it's interesting cause you know, I'm, I'm Latina. And so I have a little feistiness to me. I got a little fire. And for me, it's like, I'm going to do what I want and what feels right for me. Um, and so I just knew that this was okay and this was safe. And, and I was really fortunate enough to have friends of mine to support me through that and, um, be there for my first, uh, plant ceremony and, um, just provide such a safe space for me to experience everything without judgment. And even now, like I have shared my experience in depth with others, my, my family knows about it. And, and I think have been able to witness the transformation that has come from it. Um, so I'm not really, I'm not necessarily shy about talking about the struggles I've had previously and, and the healing I've gained from it. Um, and, and yeah. Gotcha. 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 Uh, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, so here we are, uh, uh, 2020 and, uh, uh, tell about, uh, if you could tell the, the listeners, uh, how do you go about, you know, actually doing this? Like, uh, uh, are you, uh, are you looking to be guided? How, how, how do the process of like, Hey, uh, I'm aware. Uh, I know this is something that I trust. Uh, it's, it's, you, you, you're not letting things stand in your way to, to make this experience happen. Uh, how do you go about like, uh, creating this experience for you? Yeah. Great question. I, I think for me, um, I was grateful to have meditation and journaling already in my tool belt. And it was something that I was practicing on a daily basis and continue to practice on a daily basis. So, um, you know, as, as I'm sure you are fully aware, set and setting is so important. So first making sure that I was in a space that felt safe to me, um, that I knew I could express myself in whatever way I needed and allow emotions and feelings to come to surface and sit down. I, I remember I journaled for a while about what I was specifically hoping to get out of this, uh, what my intention was. And, uh, it's interesting cause I actually journaled and I still journal throughout, uh, ceremony while I'm on my journey, I continue journaling. And it's, it's a bit comical at times because sometimes my handwriting changes or hmm. it's kind of all over the place. Um, but looking back on it, cause I didn't know going to my first ceremony, how, what I was going to remember coming out. I just wasn't sure what to expect. So it was very important that I was documenting as much as I could and, um, just kind of coming to a place. I feel like when I journal, I'm able to connect more with my internal universe and dig deeper into who I am, what I'm wanting to be. And through that, I think that was a, a wonderful support for me as I was going through my journey, uh, with my first plant medicine. You're, you're better than I am. I always have the intentions of writing and, uh, halfway my journey, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I, <laughs> yeah. I and I pull, think that's I a funny thing. Recorder 
and and hear me hear me talk. <laughs> oh, that's good. I didn't even think about doing that. I think I've just been such a writer, and also like. I'm a Virgo. I'm very like analytical. I like to just make sure I, I have all the details of things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's comical when I look back at some of it and the things that I write or how different my, uh, my handwriting gets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mine goes from, uh, uh, not being too legible to like lines across my paper. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's not a good state for me to write. So, uh, props to you on that. Um, so, so you, you, you have, uh, you know, the tools and, and, uh, you know, the, uh, like I, I when I work with people in this space, uh, they go through my, uh, a preparation to ceremony course. Um, and, and we teach them a simple breath practice and, and journal exercises that, that really support and going to this experience. So, uh, that's really cool to, to hear you like have those tools and, uh, just intuitively continue doing that. And, and really that's, um, where a lot of the, the, the plant medicine experience is where, you know, in, in meditation, uh, oftentimes is taught to observe without judgment, to just feel an experience. Um, and, and, and really that's why my, one of my biggest recommendations with plant medicine is, uh, surrender to the experience and, and focus on your breath. And, and then the journey becomes, uh, uh, smooth, smoother, um, and, and more therapeutic and profound. Um, so you have the tools going into it. Uh, I would love to hear, uh, uh, more about, um, your, your first experience. How, how did it feel? What did you experience? Uh, how long was it? Uh, all the things, if, if you don't mind sharing. Absolutely. This is like the exciting fun part, right? And I think, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, seen the meme out there. I know I saw it through Tim Ferriss' social media, but there's that meme of like this beautiful, elegant, majestic, uh, carousel horse. And it's like my, you know, experience on, you know, uh, I think at the time it was like my experience on shrooms. And then next to it is this like little dull plastic horse tied to like, a railing and it's like me trying to explain what my, you know, journey was. And it's like, it never, ever does it justice, but it's, it's so magical that it's kind of hard to fully depict it with words. But, but yeah. So, um, so for me, my first experience was with psilocybin, uh, mushrooms and, um, I ingested, we mixed it with some cacao and again, like you said, came back to the breath, just sat there focused in and I wasn't sure what to expect. So like I did start journaling and it's, it is comical the way I, I would write. Cause I think I even said like, it is 301. I have just sipped on my, you know, first like mushroom cacao drink and I don't know what to expect and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so I would say probably within about, oh, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes, I could start feeling the effects of it. And mm -hmm. I remember looking at the door and there was the details of the door started to move a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And then, <laughs> um, one of the people I was sitting with, uh, their hair would turn red and then green and then red and then green. And, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really starting to feel these effects. And I, I felt this urge to laugh. But mm. I knew that if I laughed, you know, I didn't want to disrupt 
kind of the silence and the, the quietness of the room. And so I was like, okay, don't laugh, but all right, you, you want to laugh, but that's okay. Yes. And I remember going back in and journaling and saying, okay, well, my intention was to figure out where there was a disconnect with my body. Um, and so, yep, it's telling me I need to laugh more and be more lighthearted and okay, got it done. Thanks. And then it was like, the medicine was telling me like, no, like laugh, like you need to actually laugh. And, um, up until this point, I really was not somebody who laughed out loud. Like I would find things comical and humorous, but I didn't allow myself to really embrace laughter. And then eventually I allowed it to come to surface and I just bursted out with, with laughter. And a lot of my journey was me laughing a lot, crying a lot. The tears were tears of sadness and of joy and of happiness and all these mixed emotions. Um, so yeah. And so once I allowed that laughter to come up and release it, I immediately connected with uh, myself at four years old. Mm. And that was, that was really interesting. Uh, She was so excited to like be with me and she was so giddy and just ready to take me on this adventure. And the music that was being played, because I think music can be so powerful, especially when you're in ceremony. Mm. And for me, we were going on this journey and she was just showing me all the beautiful things with the animals across the world and all the plants and just all the beautiful things that we, I don't think take time to notice in nature. And Mm -hmm. we had this deer that was kind of guiding us through all of it and sharing everything. And it was just amazing to connect to her because it was like, it had been so long since I've been with her and mm-hmm. allowing her to just, to just be and be free and who she is. And, and it wasn't until later on afterwards through integration months later that I really realized why it was four-year-old Alex. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was, I think that that part of that celebration period was probably maybe an hour, a little over. Mm-hmm. And then I had kind of transitioned into this new area. I knew that our time together was coming to an end and I was uh, going to be journeying into a another world. And I was sad, but I also knew it was okay. And then the next journey I went on was like peaceful and serene, but just beautiful in its own way. Um, and it, to the, that experience, the, there the brought the next in. journey, it's like a wave, right? Is what I'm understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Like the next oh, gotcha, wave. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I, that brought on so much more healing than I was really prepared for because, um, three weeks before the ceremony, I had lost my grandfather and mm-hmm. it had been, um, it had been sad, but ultimately I knew he was okay. He was at peace as I hit this new wave, it really showed me that like, he is okay. And even though his life on earth has ended, his spirit is still all around me. And, and I was just grateful to have that, that sensation with me. Beautiful. Uh, Do you know the the, the dosage you took for uh, your first ceremony? Yes, I took one and a half grams. 
Gotcha. One and a half grams. Um, in, uh, in Mexico, uh, here in Oaxaca, they, they refer to mushroom, uh, mushrooms as niños. Uh, they call mm. them kids. And, um, uh, when I lead a mushroom or any type of like ceremony, uh, I'm very playful. Um, mm-hmm. oftentimes in this container of, uh, uh, plant medicine, uh, uh, I've noticed that people can be like very serious. And, and for me, there's a difference between being intentful and serious. Like you could have a lot of intent and have fun. And, and I always keep it light because like mushrooms are light. They're, I mean, not light, but they're, they're funny. They can be funny. Mm-hmm. They can be very fun. And so, uh, I think people have, um, more of an idea that a, a plant medicine experience, psychedelic experience is going to be like, can be a bad experience. And that's like one of people's biggest fears. Like, I don't want to have a bad trip. Um, and, and like for me, my experience with that is typically, uh, the, the bad trip is a trip that, that, that you need to have. You just don't have the tools to handle it. It's like, uh, exactly. you don't want to, you know, climb to the peak of Mount Everest without having the proper tools and training for it. And, and so it's, it's, it's important for people to, uh, understand that, uh, uh, although these tough experiences can happen, there's also very like fun and light and funny experiences. You know, I've, I've had ceremonies where, one person starts laughing and just opens up the seal. And then the whole room is laughing uh, and can't stop themselves. And and so it's a very beautiful and fun experience. So uh, uh, thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, one of the biggest things that uh, mushrooms do, they're, they're the natural connectors of, of earth. And um, uh, it, it really allows you to connect with like other parts of yourself, uh, like your, like your childhood self. And, and so that, that's really cool that, that one that you were able, able to LOL, laugh out loud, uh, and, and hang out with, with your childhood self. And, and, you know, sometimes in this experience is what we need is to like reconnect with us. Um, and, and like that itself, even if, if you walked out of the, the, the ceremony, just with that, uh, that will have like profound, uh, change because now you're a more complete you, you're, you're that child. You is now more alive in you because you got to relive and, and spend time with yourself. So, so thank you for, for bringing those points up. So, uh, and I want to talk about like 1.5 grams, right? That's not like a, a super big dose, right? Um, uh, people usually, uh, like a, a big dose is considered 3.5 grams. Um, then a heroic dose is like five grams. So, uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy to, to hear that you're able to have such a profound experience with not a crazy dose. And you mentioned earlier, set and setting are super important. Uh, I take into consideration set, setting, dosage, and intentions to create a profound experience. So, uh, it sounds like you got a, a really good dosage for you. Um, so the, the, the second wave began with, with your, um, uh, grandfather. Uh, I would love to hear, uh, m- more about, uh, that, that second wave. Yeah, that second wave, it wasn't quite as long, but it was just this really, there was so much lightness, so much white energy around me. And the music itself had also transitioned into, uh, not that lively, 
um, uplifting music, but it was just very soft and serene. And it really showed me how, you know, truth be told, I used to be so fearful of death and what was to happen after and, mm-hmm. and that unknown. And that really just brought this sense of peace to me. And, and it was okay. Like we have such a short amount of time on this earth and, and we can always say life is short, but I don't think we really can grasp how short it is until our, t- our time is almost up here. And um, having that experience of just knowing anything that comes after this life is still just as beautiful. It's still just as um, wonderful to experience. And, and just having that peace in my heart and in my mind was, was such a blessing. And as that was coming out, I, I took the time to actually go outside. I was indoors and took the time to go outside and, and the sun was setting and being able to watch. It was the most beautiful sunset I had ever seen. Um, Mm -hmm. and all the colors that came with it was just this idea of seeing the sunset and that reminder of, you know, life ending here, but also that opportunity that the sun will rise again the following day. And we Mm -hmm. have this transition into a, a new way of living, um, was really, was really pleasant. How, how cool is that? Um, and I, I, you know, I, I would love to understand how was your relationship to death, uh, before you gained this new awareness, this new wisdom, uh, around your beliefs around death? I think I was just so scared of the unknown. And again, I think something I would battle with growing up, you know, growing up with the church and it was like, you have to do good. And if you're good, you go to heaven. And if you do bad, you go to hell and you spend an eternity in either of those two places and thinking of the magnitude of that. Um, and just feeling like, am I ever going to do enough to quote unquote, earn my spot in heaven? Um, and, and realizing like that just wasn't a belief for me anymore. Um, and I would say, the idea of heaven and hell and an attorney, they just didn't serve me and how I wanted to live my life because before plant medicine, I almost just felt like whatever I was doing was never good enough because mm-hmm. I could, I could always be better. And, and now giving myself grace when I have messed up or, or done something that, you know, could be seen as bad, you know, just giving myself that grace and permission and knowing I'm a human being and, and that one action doesn't necessarily define the rest of my history or what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, I love what you're sharing because uh, it's something that, uh, you know, a lot of few things that you shared are, are very common for uh, a lot of people's experiences. Um you know, I, it wasn't on my first ceremony, uh, but it was a couple ceremonies uh, down the line uh, in my journey where I got to work. Um, and the way it started, it was uh, it was my mom's death. And, you know, now, like the belief uh, that I have is like uh, a, a person doesn't really start living life until they come to terms with their own death. Uh, but the conversation, I, I was just having this journey about, you know, the same thing about how precious life is and, um, you know, how, you know, my mother being older, 
even you know she her 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 life expectancy is shorter and and so for me I was able to have a very open conversation with my mom about death and her own death and and my death and and what that that really allowed us to uh connect deeper um and and it's sometimes we avoid these conversations about death because they can be uncomfortable they can be painful um and you know most societies uh even in the western part depending where you're at in the world um how we see death uh, is sometimes taboo and so it's it's and and this is something that i've experienced through the work of plant medicine that i've been able to um integrate and work into my life and and so i i've definitely have 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 heard others experience this like uh work with death oftentimes it happens like a death and rebirth right people mm-hmm. uh people say they they die in in, in a ceremony uh of this nature uh and i encourage people to to die they'll come right back uh yeah. they'll come <laughs> back reborn and 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 see life uh a, a bit different so um yeah and and sun and uh sunset sunrises with plant medicine uh I, I i highly recommend is you know for people just to have that experience uh it's it's so much like beauty that you're taking in uh you're more open your eyes are more dilated so you're able to see things that you couldn't see before and and yeah it's 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 a really beautiful and profound thing to to experience um and so uh you were having your journey uh you uh you know watching the sunset uh what what other things came uh between those points uh and and i would also love to hear more about you know like the waves right um you know mushrooms and a lot of psychedelics do work in waves or you're like gone and then you're back and you're like oh, i think i'm fine mm-hmm. 10 minutes later you're off on a journey <laughs> Um, like, yeah, I would love to learn more about like the physical sensations that you experienced. Um, you know, I- I- imagine if, if, um, if you're telling yourself in the past, like, this is the things that you will experience or may experience in your plant medicine. Like, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, you experience so, so much. It's these images, they almost come to you faster than you're able to like download and process it. And I think that's where integration is so key afterwards, Mm -hmm. taking that time for me, I spent about six to eight months afterwards integrating from that one, you know, ceremony. But during that, um, a couple of things were so much laughter was coming to surface. And I was also feeling this almost, like spasms in my stomach um, that were actually really uncomfortable, but I wasn't bringing much awareness to it. I just knew that it was there and I just kind of kept moving about. Um, and one of the interesting things is I used to have such a, I used to allow myself to be like a prisoner to food and what I put in my mouth and what I didn't put in my mouth because um you know, I used to be an Olympic weightlifter where we had to manage our weight and, uh, you know, making sure I was staying within a certain weight class. And so even though I was retiring from lifting, it had just been ingrained in me so long to like, you have to eat this way if you want to look like this or weigh this much. And so I had not the healthiest relationship with food and having these 
these spasms almost in my stomach for pretty much the entire duration of my journey. And then towards the very end of the night, you know, I was eating and, and I realized the spasms were gone. And I was like, I am no longer a prisoner to food. I get to put what I want inside me and just be grateful that I have that sustenance there to nourish me and obviously, you know, be mindful of it. Like, I don't want to go around and say, oh, great, I can eat chocolates and donuts all the time. But I just had much more of a an appreciation for my food and what it really ultimately is doing for me. Um, so that was my relationship with food definitely changed. And, and I'm really appreciative of that. And um, I would say the deer was so prominent for me, as I was saying before that. And I felt that deer energy throughout all, a lot of my journey and would see like smaller deers in certain areas. And uh, when I went to kind of look that up, it was just that learning to mother myself and allowing myself to be mothered the way I ultimately needed that, which um, has been extremely transformational for me. And, um, and yeah, and I saw a lot of purple in my dream, which mm -hmm. I think I associated with like my crown chakra and probably bringing some more awareness to that area for me. Mm -hmm. and, and and this is stuff that uh, you were able to understand more um, after integration, or 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 this. This was that... still during, yeah. This was still during. during. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and and I, I, I'm I'm really happy that you're bringing that up because um, a lot of you know there, there's a lot of lessons that you're you're having during your experience, and they just get integrated into your body, and you just know it. Um, and, and it just becomes part of your identity immediately, like what you shared with food, right? Um, and, and sometimes we may revert to like old ways, but it's so, such a profound change in that ceremony that it's much easier to like adapt has been my experience. And um, yeah, in my first journey, I, I uh, there was a lot about uh, food for me, but it and more came like from a place of love. Like before I would like look at my food and it's like, oh yeah, I have a heavy workout. So, you know, I need to, you know, eat more or, or like, you know, avoid uh, the carbohydrates at a, at a certain time or have more. And, and so it went from this uh, looking food as input output to self-love and, and mm -hmm. what my body truly needs. And I used to weigh 315 pounds. Um, and, and that was my, like that last ceremony. I was like, uh, that ceremony was around like 250 pounds. That really helped me like push to, to lose the, the like over a hundred pounds. Um, and, and it was that it, it stopped being like the dieting. It stopped being the, um, you know, the, the, like what you described, like the, the output that you're putting with like weightlifting or training. And it really became just pure love, pure love for myself and what I really needed. So, um, that's really cool. Uh, it, it, it's funny that, uh, your first ceremony was very much like mine. Like I had the uncontrollable giggles. And, yeah. uh, and, and yeah, it was really, really beautiful. So, uh, did you really connect with your inner child on your first one? Um, I, I would say I, I did, um, but not as directly as you did where, where, um, you were like, you know, being guided by yourself. Um, what it, it was more of, of, of like that childhood self of the things I used to enjoy when I was younger and how I've much like how, how much I've changed just up doing those things in life that I enjoyed and, and how I was doing the things 
um, that uh, the others would approve of me or like me, but it wasn't who I was. It, it's how it came for me. So it wasn't as direct, but I would say it did connect to, to, to myself as I was uh, as a child. And, and uh, every once in a while, uh, I'll actively look into my life and remember, like, what are those things I used to love as a child? Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple hours later, I'm sitting there playing with a Wii. And that's something I hadn't done in years. So uh, I, 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 I actively pursue connecting to my childhood self because, um, you know, the, those us as children, I imagine you're aware of this, is we're, we're getting uh, conditioned um, to, to what society is. And when, when, when we allow ourselves to go back uh, and, and remember our, our true essence as children, we're able to really connect to our true nature. Um, so I practice these things that, 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 that I used to do as a child. Like, uh, as a child, I used to like walk around and roam the streets. Uh, it was at different times back then. Uh, and, and go check out toys and, and do this kind of stuff. So I, I actively did that as an adult. I would just wonder and, and, and pop into places and, and gave me really cool life experiences. So, yeah, um, uh, our, our childhood selves uh, are they're, they're, we're, we're very wise because we're not mm -hmm. conditioned to all these things. So uh, that's been my experience with with connecting to myself as a child. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Any other lessons that that you took from uh, your your first experience? Well, I mean, like I said, so much came to me, but it mm -hmm. was really the integration afterwards. Um, I think the two biggest things that stood out for me was one laughter and the ability to laugh because, um, what I would say is I, uh, after the, my first plant medicine ceremony, it was about a month later and my husband had said to me, he said, you know, babe, I have heard you laugh out loud more in this month than I have in the 10 years we've been together. And that to me was such a, such a enlightenment there. And I would always find things humorous. It was just for whatever reason, I didn't allow myself the ability to express that. And now, I mean, I could laugh every day. Like there's just something always so light and entertaining that I can look at and just find joy in and, and laugh with. Um, so I've really appreciated that. And then again, I, so about six weeks after my first ceremony, I would meditate every morning and kind of go through the journey in my head and try to really connect with all the details of everything and journal a lot of it. And something that kind of kept uh, coming up for me subconsciously was why was it four-year-old Alex and not any other age of myself as a child. And it came about two months later, I realized it was four-year-old Alex because up until that point, I was free spirited. I was carefree. I got to do what I wanted. And then I turned four and I had a younger sister. I now had a responsibility and it was, you know, okay, like you have to be a role model and you have to live this life. So your sister you know, can witness it and be an example of what it is like to be a good human being, a kind person. And, and I think ultimately that's where 
the dynamics of who I was shifted and I no longer allowed myself or gave myself permission to be carefree and lighthearted. So coming to that realization was big for me as I move forward in life and allowing and reminding myself now that, you know, I am not responsible for my sister. I'm not responsible for others. And I live my life in a place of peace and harmony. And, and obviously with the intention of not causing pain and suffering to others, but I, I get to enjoy me and who I am. That's beautiful. You, you, you mentioned earlier about um, parenting yourself and, you know, that's, uh, I think when, when a human can reach that level of like, Hey, I'm, I'm just a child uh, with a lot more complexities and uh, understanding of the world, but really I'm still a child. Um, and we, we got to rework to repair yourself and learn things that maybe aren't supporting you in life. Uh, I would love to hear about, uh, your process, um, in parenting yourself and like, what the heck does that actually look like? Right. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. I, um, I, I never went through, uh, TCS, you know, I have, I know people who did go through TCS training camp for the soul. And, um, but one thing that was shared with me from TCS was to, forgive your parents for not loving you the way that you needed to be loved and then forgive yourself for trying to find love in all the wrong places. And so for me, it was taking that time to forgive my parents. And, you know, I should say that I know that my parents tried their best and, and that is the battle and the struggle I have sometimes with myself is, you know, given what my parents had and, and the times that we were living in, they, did the best that they could. Um, I don't think that they had the tools that I have now uh, into just developing another person I am. So for me, it's just taking time when I feel like I ultimately need that mothering nature to allow myself to just sit and nurture. And, and I embrace those, those feminine archetypes, um, when I'm sitting, like, as I connect with the energy of the moon and during a full moon, that's all about that mother energy and allowing myself to nurture, whether it's through journaling or just honestly, sometimes if I'm really struggling, just hugging myself and letting myself know it's okay. And if I'm crying and I'm connected to that inner child, hearing that mother voice inside of me saying like, it's all right, you know, I've got you and you're supported and, and allow yourself to feel that. And the same thing with that paternal energy recently for the last couple of months, I've felt a very strong paternal energy around me and just allowing myself to feel that, that masculine side and its divine form, not in its toxic form, you know, cause I think there's a difference mm-hmm. of making sure we're operating in that masculine and feminine, that mother and father form that we're doing it in that divine nature and not in that toxic um, state. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, how does, um, you mentioned uh, certain rituals you're doing around the moon cycle. And, um, uh, you know, if, if the moon plays uh, an effect on the tides, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely uh, has a, uh, an effect to our vessels and our emotions and all that stuff. Um, what, what sort of stuff do you do for, like, the masculine side of things uh, and, and to bring that in healthy into your life? I think for me, it's 
you know, that masculine side, I think, has such a strong control over my ego. And so just making sure that my ego perhaps doesn't feel the need to control everything, you know, um, knowing when to surrender and when to uh, allow myself to sit and rest a bit, I would say, is is important to me. I'm, I'm still learning, honestly, um, with the masculine side of me. That's something that is still a journey for me. Um, what I, what I, uh, encourage you to do and what I teach people, um, is, uh, a very simple ritual where you, uh, wear, uh, I like to wear like the cloth, uh, uh, bracelets. And, um, and when I put it on my left, uh, that's on the heart side, on the feminine side. And that's a reminder for me. I'm in a state that I want to receive. And then I put it on my right when I'm like, my cup is full. Um, like I, I want to create, I can give, I'm feeling more in my masculine and, and, and oftentimes, uh, uh, I, I'm switching them throughout the day, uh, to remember like, oh yeah, I'm like in a, I, I can't give right now. Like, you know what? Like if we're going to go to some type of event and I know I want to receive in that event, I'll go ahead and put it on my, on my left. And, and so I have that constant like physical reminder um, to, to, to practice those, those, uh, essence and ways of being. So, uh, yeah, give that a shot. See, see if, if you like that, but that, 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 that tends to help me and, and, and people who I share that with. And I typically hand the bracelet if I'm telling this, but, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're doing this virtually, so I can't do that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's something that, that has worked really well for people. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, you're saying that. And as you're saying that, that reminds me like, yeah, I mean, I do wear a lot. I wear crystal bracelets, but I'll wear um, a lot of like black crystals on my left for protecting my energy, especially when I'm in circles and holding space for people. But then I will notice when I want to transition and I'll move it to my right hand to help others feel, you know, project that protectiveness to others and making sure that they feel protected when they're around me. And so like, I guess I didn't associate and really put connect the two of yeah that really is actually operating through the feminine and masculine there and do, do you happen to wear your uh zodiac or birthstone um i do sometimes um carnelian uh is one that i've definitely gravitated towards and i find myself wearing it on both i have mm-hmm. uh one that it's a little smaller a little bit more daintier that i wear on my left and then like a chunkier one that i wear on my right Gotcha. And, uh, uh, this was taught to me by, uh, Mama Marta and, and her, and her, um, daughter, uh, Claudia, uh, excuse me, Carolina, um, the people who I see in ceremony with, uh, in Colombia with ayahuasca. And they, they're huge on, on people wearing their birthstones during ceremonies and all the time, um, to have that stone connect, like direct connection to your skin. Uh, for protection. So for all the folks listening out there, um, if, if you're working with crystals or are into that, uh, a good place to get started, just uh, Google your zodiac sign or your birth date and, and, and find that crystal and, and, and find the crystal that, uh, that, that um, speaks to you. And, and, and the other, there's a lot of properties with that. Um, uh, yesterday it was raining. So I took out my, I have a, a obsidian like mirror they call it. it's like this big circle that i like to put on my diaphragm um and and just like chill with it uh but i took it in the rain water 
And then uh, on the next full moon, I'm going to leave it outside so it charges up uh, with that. So there, there's a bunch of cool rituals with crystals that one can do. And, and you know, whether you believe or not on this type of work uh, with the crystals, um, anybody listening out there, uh, even just going with the intentions of doing these things, uh, it, it creates uh, a beautiful connection to, to those intentions that you want to create. So uh, that's awesome that, that you have already these rituals in, in your life. Um, and, and I think the world of, of like uh, rituals and ancestral practices alongside with plant medicine uh, really create uh, profound effects. Uh, and, 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 and that's why I love that a lot of clinical things are happening uh, in the northern part of the hemisphere. <clears throat> but what I, what I do see that's missing a lot is the, those ancestral practices that, that uh, come with uh, these types of ceremonies. So, so I'm, I'm very happy that, that, that we're having the discussion about that because it, it's important and, and, it, it, and oftentimes it doesn't get talked about uh, too much. So, so thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, and since your first experience, uh, you know, it's been two years, uh, how has your relationship with ancestral plans, ceremonies evolved? Oh man. I mean, it's just a whole other level. I mean, I, um, I have been looking to connect more, um, to my ancestral roots for a while. That's something that my grandpa Jake was doing is uh, he was really into the ancestry and the 23andMe and he would try to share as much as he could um, with my mother's side of the family. My father uh, was raised in a Catholic orphanage in El Salvador. So I don't have a lot of information on my paternal side, which I'm still trying to learn. But with the information I have on my mother's side, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And something that came up through research was um, my great-great-grandmother, Amala, and her mother, Rosa, were the last uh, members of the Korra tribe in our family. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. finding out that I was a descendant of the Korra tribe just makes me want to dig deeper and learn more about that community. But for me, it's, I've brought so much more into my everyday life. Uh, a lot of smoke cleansing, um, I think is really important. And the specific botanicals that I'm using and why I'm using those botanicals while I'm smoke cleansing my intention behind smoke cleansing when I'm meditating daily or, uh, you know, every Sunday, my husband and I, we sit with cacao and mm -hmm. cacao in itself, I think is actually a beautiful plant medicine that maybe perhaps it's underrated for how impactful it can be. But I think cacao is beautiful and, and sitting with that and being able to come to a space, I typically will create this botanical mandala and we do some smoke cleansing and we listen to music. And there's also that act of sacred reciprocity. Cause I think, you know, the act of giving and receiving is, is crucial to maintain that sacred reciprocity. So, you know, mm -hmm. the plant medicine offers us so much. And so giving back to it, whether sometimes it's me taking initially a part of my cacao to give back to earth or, um, you know, taking a breath and, and honoring those spirits or just simply a, a meditation or a song or even playing the instruments, any of those things um, that I can do, I do to connect 
deeper with the medicine that I'm doing. Gotcha. Um, and uh, in regards to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about cacao. Uh, uh, today, I'm actually uh, talking to uh, some uh, a nurse that that quit her her job to fully pursue uh, working with cacao. And uh, so I, I have also pretty deep connections with cacao. Uh, I, I love to get chocolate wasted. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a, such a, a beautiful, gentle uh, a way of, of, of doing that. Like something that if, for, if there's somebody who's very hesitant of, of, of being in a plant medicine experience for the first time, uh, I'll invite them to join uh, and, and sit as a sacred voyager and only have cacao while everybody has cacao and, and let's say uh, 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 a mushroom or whatnot with that. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's such a powerful, uh, a simple uh, way to, to, to have ceremony with, with a, a beautiful uh, uh, substance that, uh, if, if you're able to look internally with what it's doing, um, it, it's a very heart centered, uh, uh, experience. So, uh, yeah, this is the first time we've talked about cacao, uh, my plant medicine journey. So, so thank you for, for sharing that. And, uh, how, uh, have you had any other, have you worked with any other plants, uh, outside of, uh, mushrooms? Um, outside of mushrooms, I would just say that cacao and also cannabis, um, surprisingly, I never really experienced with, with cannabis growing up. Um, I, like I said, I was, I was fairly sheltered and naive and, and I don't even think I experimented with cannabis until I was in my late twenties. And at the time I just, I don't. I don't think I was doing it right. And also the atmosphere, again, that set and setting was just very party-like atmosphere. And I, and I just couldn't connect with it. And it actually wasn't until after my very first um, mushroom ceremony that I tried cannabis again. And wow, I was definitely able to connect. And it was easier to to bring into my body. And so that was transformational for me because uh, it was a discussion my husband and I had had before was, you know, I live in Florida. And so right now um, it's, you can get your medical license here, but, you know, he had suggested maybe we should consider getting your medical marijuana licensed and another modality in the tool belt. And I just wasn't connecting with it because I just physically don't, I couldn't. And it wasn't until after mushrooms that I could. And I went ahead and got myself licensed. And now, you know, cannabis has been, again, um, another gentle medicine that I've been able to incorporate that has really helped me when, when I need that support. Um, and sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I will bring a little bit of cannabis into our cacao on Sundays for myself to just, sometimes it really helps with that mental chatter to kind of mm -hmm. get more centered with my internal universe and connect deeper with cacao and allowing my heart space to open up to receive more. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Cannabis is um, uh, such a beautiful uh, plant and it's like anything uh, set, setting dosage and intention uh, really sets your trip uh, with that. And, and uh, um, I have a buddy who teaches like an entire course on how to connect with cannabis. And, and for me, I've, uh, 
you know, I, I mentioned a little bit about uh, working with my mom's death. Uh, and, and that got, got me closer to talking to, to my own death. And it was actually at a float tank. I had a, a, a heavier edible. And uh, I like to go for like two hours at times. And I remember at one point I woke up, I thought I was dying uh, in there because it just got hot and stuffy. And, and it was in that float tank where uh, then I went on a journey about my own death and, and, and was able to um, really have a profound experience. Um, and there's a lot of uh, thought leaders in, in, in the space of plant medicine, psychedelics that uh, recommend a lot of people to to um, if, if they want to have an experience uh, to work those techniques to have a profound experience with psychedelics is uh, it could be practiced with with uh, a heavier dose of cannabis um, or if somebody's new to it just a dose of cannabis uh, so they can surrender breathe uh, into that experience and 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 just for the listeners out there. Uh, the difference between like a psychedelic, uh, you know, it's and, and cannabis. Cannabis is a psychoactive, um, mm-hmm. and 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 it definitely makes you know uh, it, it activates parts of the brain that just make the brain more active, and um, yeah, and, and you can really uh, have uh, profound uh, ceremonies through that, and and I look forward to. Um, more people to, to work with cannabis. Um, I, and there's another lady, uh, her name, uh, for, uh, for, uh, I can't think of her name right now, but she runs a company called Ganja Yoga, uh, that teaches how to like work with yoga, cannabis and, and doing it in a mindful intention, intentional way. So, uh, there's, there's definitely a huge space, especially because of its, uh, decriminalization. Uh, in many parts of the world, and and so yeah, it's it's definitely a, a powerful tool. Um, so so thank you. We haven't also talked about cannabis. You're bringing so many yeah. uh, new <laughs> things up. So uh, I'm well, excited Danny, to, do you to... mind if I do you mind if I ask you with cannabis? Um, just you know, working with people who perhaps didn't have a great relationship with cannabis, and being able to tra- transition into a better relationship with it when we bring that set and setting into play. I know for me. Um, I share about my experiences through social media and every so often I'll have somebody reach out and say, you know, how dare you share that? Like you're leading people down a wrong path. Like so many people, you know, struggle with this and it's like, well, you know, I, I'm sharing my experience with it. And I know for some people, perhaps it wasn't pleasurable, but they're again, that set and setting that intention behind it. Um, you know, perhaps what it came up was shadow work that they weren't wanting to do or suppressing. And I just didn't know if you had experienced that with others um, as you've guided them through some plant medicine. It's, you know, I, I, I have enough filters, like when I work with somebody uh, that they're really prepped to have a profound experience. Um, and, and so, so typically if, if somebody is hesitant into uh, working with, let's say, cannabis, I meet them where they're at. And um, I have a couple techniques where I can guide somebody through an experience, um, through uh, uh, narrative uh, type of practices where they're journaling things out and I connect them to oftentimes their emotions, past thoughts, past stories. And <clears throat> from there, I'm able to, to uh, support them 
and, and opening up without any substances. Um, that, that I know can be created. So for me, <clears throat> I don't even consider the other stuff before they even have like the tools. Like, are you already have mindfulness practices? Like, are you even open to those things? Right. Um, and, and, and so <clears throat> for me, it's always about meeting people where they're at and, and what, you know, I've, I've seen uh, a lot in the plant medicine space with a lot of healers. They're very, you know, they'll, they'll look maybe down upon people who are not open to living more connected and, and oftentimes like, you know, uh, speak lesser of them. And uh, for me is, is I want to meet people where they're at and, and give them the tools they need at that moment. Um, so, for example, I was on a call yesterday and somebody asked me, about what do you think about uh, somebody going through this experience if they have like a lot of anxiety. And so what I tell them with that is, let's give them the tools to work with that anxiety now before we even consider any plant medicine, right? Like let's not throw people uh, to the deep end of the pool and not know if they can swim uh, or whatnot. Um, so it's, it's, it's those things um, and things like cacao um, that allow in like ceremony. Uh, so some of the people that I have set in ceremony with, uh, maybe a year ago, I sat with them in a hoppe ceremony where I ser served them tobacco snuff up their nose, right? Which is, uh, also very beautiful and it's not super scary. So, uh, it's, it's, it's becomes a, a process of like nurturing and, uh, indoctrinating people into ceremony and to what that is. And so, um, I'm, I'm a big believer that people know when the next medicine or a medicine is calling them. And I encourage people to lean into that calling, uh, because that medicine is, it wants to show them some, show them something. So, so that's how my process looks like with that. And, and, um, uh, what I have seen though is that cannabis is a gateway uh, a drug for healing. <laughs> I have seen that very much. Um, uh, my experience with cannabis is that it shows you, it amplifies what is already there. So people who may be having uh, anxiety, it'll just get bigger. People who have, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, are having like a fun time and then they consume cannabis or so like enhance that experience. So, um, that, that's how I see cannabis and, and yeah, so, so my, my approach is always meet people where they're at. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to understand more of, uh, the type of work that you do. You mentioned you lead circles and, and, and yeah, we would love to understand more of that. I think really from plant medicine, it, it's showed me, you know, how to work with, with people around me and, and hopefully help them experience some healing in their life. So I have, you know, what, what we call goddess circles or moon circles, um, where typically we come together, uh, during a new moon and during a full moon, I discuss the energies of, of that maiden and that mother and that crone and how we can connect with it and seeing the, the signs like wherever the moon is in and wherever 
the uh, sun is in and showing that, you know, the masculine side of the sun and the feminine side of the moon and how we can harness those energies. And, and um, depending on the zodiac sign it's in, it's illuminating a theme for us to dig deeper in. And when we journal with the moon cycle, we get to connect with ourselves through journaling and our emotions and really um, kind of live more in that life of our, our higher self and, and our higher power. And so it's a place where I always say when we come to the circle that we do not apologize for the emotions that we feel and vulnerability is welcomed and supported and nurtured. And, you know, I think at times it's easy for us to collectively gather during trauma. We can share, you know, uh, same experiences with trauma, I guess. But at the same time, it's also allowing a space where we can share our celebrations and our support of whatever we're, we're, um, doing in life. And so that's a lot of what these circles are about. And then, um, sometimes they're also just a place for healing. You know, I've worked, I've done private, um, in-home sessions with some family members or women who just wanted to bring their tribe together, perhaps for like a birthday, or I had somebody who was going through and battling cancer and just wanting her tribe together as she's going through this healing process. And so having that circle, um, it's just been, it's been wonderful. And, and I'm honored to be able to hold space for people um, to express themselves. And, and then I also do some smoke cleansing. I teach about the difference of smudging and smoke cleansing and making sure that we honor and respect the practice of smudging. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say smoke cleansing. And with smoke cleansing, I do use a lot of different botanicals because they all have different reasons and purposes. I know you said, you know, with the mushrooms, you know, we it kind of brings out that kind of inner child in us. So typically before ceremony, I like to take I have a bundle that has um, some bunny tail because bunny tail represents that playful lightheartedness energy and kind of cleanse with that and make sure that that's the energy that we're welcoming into our space. So, so yeah, I do a lot of, a lot of that. And then I also do, um, sound healing with, uh, a bunch of different instruments and I've been digging deeper with that and exploring more with that. I think the biggest thing that's been coming up for me recently with the sound healing is, the universe is telling me to use my voice. And there's a, there's a lot of fear right there of, wow, that's such a vulnerable thing for me to share is my voice in through singing. So um, that's definitely something I'm working through currently. Oh, how cool. Uh, And can you explain a little bit more about uh, smudging and, you know, some, maybe some of the things that somebody can do in, in their life so they, they can apply some of this, practices. Yeah. Well, I love to first let people know that I think that, you know, it's become so mainstream, this term of smudging. And, um, you know, we have these indigenous communities where this is such a sacred practice. And I'll hear people say, I've got to smudge my house. And it's like, it's, it's not smudging is not like, let's just clean out the energy that's in our house. You know, smudging is such a sacred act with with specific members of tribes that are performing this ritual and connecting to the spirit world. And when it's done incorrectly, it can, you know, bring forth spirits that are unwanted and, and just understanding how sacred of a practice that is to the indigenous community. And, you know, I, like I said, I've 
found out as a descendant of the Kora tribe, it's not that anyone's really taught me about smudging. So therefore, I don't feel like I should partake in it um, until I've experienced it or been educated and even granted perhaps the permission to to smudge. So for me, smoke cleansing isn't necessarily tied to any culture or rite, and the possibilities of practicing with it are endless because there's so many different botanicals. And that's the other thing I love to share with people is we talk so much about our intention, but we have to dig a little bit deeper and look at the impact of our intention because if people are going around and just buying all this white sage and all this Palo Santo and they're not, their intention is, oh, I want to, you know, get all spiritual, but the impact of your intention is where are you buying your sage? Where are you buying your Palo Santo? Is it being sustainably harvested and and cultivated with respect and honor? Um, and a lot of the time it's not. Mm-hmm. And so being mindful of that and realizing there are also so many other botanicals to use. I, I love using rosemary. Mm-hmm. Rosemary is so good for, you know, memory and coming back. I love to use that, especially because I want to kind of go back into, um, areas of my life that maybe I've like suppressed or, or want to dig deeper with. So I love using rosemary for that mental clarity and, and also cinnamon, um, cinnamon around the moon and eucalyptus and rose and lavender. And again, the botanicals are endless with smoke cleansing. Um, for me, I take a little bit, I have a bundle and I light it in the morning and I just cleanse my space and myself with just taking a minute and seeing what did I learn or experience the day before and what am I ready to like release? What am I ready to liberate from? And then what am I wanting to bring in and set my intentions for the day and how I want to move about? Um, and again, using that really during any time that I feel that I want to incorporate smoke cleansing, it's again, the possibilities are endless. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, uh, I, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that, uh, don't know the depth of, of just that practice of self of like smudging and, and, and burning different plants, uh, for different purposes. Um, are you being currently called to, uh, work with any other, uh, master plants or any other types of ceremonies for yourself? Um, Danny, I 100% want to visit you and have you guide me through ayahuasca. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm definitely feeling called to, to ayahuasca right now. Um, and it's interesting. I've, I've been working with a couple, a little bit of a higher dose with the psilocybin. I've sat in several ceremonies. Um, and again, I don't know if you've experienced this, but then it's like, sometimes you just get a different batch and then like, that's a whole other experience, Mm -hmm. um, that you go through. And, I would say recently it's like, okay, like I'm really appreciating what this medicine has provided for me, but I think I'm ready to just go a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. Gotcha. So yeah, I think ayahuasca is the next big thing I'm, I'm called to. Uh, you know, it's, I, I haven't said in a, a big mushroom ceremony since, uh, 2020. Uh, and it was actually here in Oaxaca. I had some of the, uh, fresh mushrooms that I just grow wildly and they, they rock me in a good way where it gets to a point where like I've, I've learned enough from this medicine at this moment. Like I know we have this deep connection. Uh, and really that's like the avenue of, of what I want to bring with my plant medicine journey. It's like people sharing their journeys with all different plants and, and, and how they impact your life. And, uh, 
Uh, you know, for me, I, I personally don't serve ayahuasca. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 a uh, a mushroom man and I'm a, a Campbell practitioner. Um, I found the most amazing family, um, that serves Yahe, which is Colombia's ayahuasca. And, uh, yeah, what they're doing down there is, is just, uh, next level when it comes down to ceremonies, their place and, and the love that they put in their practice. Um, and yeah, and, and, and anytime you'd love to come down, uh, to Colombia and meet, meet this family, um, from what I've heard from you today, I, I know you will really appreciate them and, and take a lot in from them. So yeah, they're, they're my teachers and, and, and that's where, where I take people who, who are ready to go on the journey for the journey and for, for back to back ayahuasca ceremonies uh or it's, it's no joke so um i i think it for people to do that work they they must consider like a a really solid place to do this and uh yeah anytime you want to come down uh we have uh something happening in june for that i believe 24th uh 25th 26th and the 27th uh in colombia and uh but there'll be more and and, and for anybody who, who has a calling for that, um, I, I will always be a resource for people, whether you work with me or not. I just want people to get help and that they're safe in doing it and that they're uh, going to promote healing and not uh, more harm in their lives. So, yeah, Alexandra, that, that's awesome that, that uh, uh, Ayahuasca is calling you. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful me- medicine, different. And, and as profound as, as psilocybin. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah. And is there anything else you would like to share, uh, for, for, for the folks? Uh, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and open about your experience. Um, I know it's going to be very relatable to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, again, I just think it's, sometimes just sitting with your intentions. And I think the preparation beforehand is, is still, it's just so important. I think that preparation beforehand and the integration afterwards, um, I had a ceremony last fall that I was going to prepare myself for and had done the work. And two days before I was going to sit in ceremony, I had um, found out that my dad was diagnosed with cancer and, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that news and saying, oh, crap, like, I'm not going to be able to sit in ceremony in a couple of days because it's going to bring about an unpleasant experience. And I said, like, no, I kind of want this, but I've just got to do a little bit of work beforehand. And I really did. I took I took a lot of time to process that, you know, we had suspected cancer in my dad for some time, but we weren't prepared for the magnitude that it was at. Um, Mm. And so I thank God my husband was at work that day and I allowed myself to feel it. And a lot of that was turning on the music and doing some screaming and yelling and grunting and these almost animalistic noises and kind of shaking my body and allowing myself to feel all of that sadness and anger and betrayal and frustration and all of that come to surface a lot of breath work, a lot of journaling, 
And I was probably in that state for four to five hours until I could take a breath, talk about it and not break down. And then I said to myself that, you know, I think I can do this. I think ultimately, I think this is going to provide a lot of healing. It has in the past and I imagine it will again. And oh my gosh. Yeah. That was, that ceremony was also very, um, very healing. It brought about a mm. lot of, a lot of liberation for me. So I was really grateful for that. But I ultimately think I had to do a lot more preparation work beforehand, given the the news I'd received just before that. Absolutely. Yeah. Preparation is key for sure. Uh, where, where can people find you if you want to be found? <laughs> so, uh, thank you. I have my website, Alexandria Noel wellness.com. Noel has two L's. Uh, and then on Instagram, it's Alexandria period Noel period wellness. I, uh, originally had Alexandria Noel wellness. And as you saw, it was hacked <laughs> earlier this year. So mm-hmm. I had to create a new account with the periods in there. Um, but yeah, social media website. And then if anybody's local in the Tampa Bay, Florida area to always encourage people to come visit a, a moon circle or a goddess circle and experience it. So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that information. And uh, if you want to be part of the show, uh, just like Alexandria did, she submitted her story. And uh, I asked a question there. She wanted to be on the podcast. She was open to it. So, uh, yeah, you just go to my plant medicine journey on Instagram. You'll find that link there and, uh, would love to share your story. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Alexandria, for being part of the show today and, uh, happy healing everybody. Thank you.